Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy of Waffle podcast. Today you'll be listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and designer Nadia Castro. During the show we'll be talking about loads of different topics, including Nadia's love for design and film. We'll talk about her move from Portugal to the UK. We also talk about anxiety and she gives tips on how other people may be able to deal with it too. Along with combating society's issues through the power of design and the business side of design, struggling with it as a freelancer. I really hope you enjoy this podcast and get loads of value out of it. There's some fantastic tips in here Nadia gives. And if you're enjoying the podcast or have learned something from it, please do share on social media. Take a little screenshot and tag at Creative Waffle. So let's get into the podcast. Yes, it. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me, Mark. Brilliant to be back. Can we do this properly this time? Let's talk about your background and find out who you are and, and a bit more about yourself. So if we could start off like where you grew up and uh, how you found design, that'd be great. Um, well, I, I grew up in um, Portugal. That's where I'm from. Yeah, just I moved around a lot. And I'm from several different places in Portugal, really. And the way I found design doesn't actually come until like later in life when I was in uni, because up until that point, all I wanted to do was um, be a filmmaker. And yeah, I was really into film and really into storytelling. And all I wanted to do was become a filmmaker. And when I went to study um, media at university, that's when I got in touch with um, the, the other people at uni that were studying design and other creative industries. And yeah, that's when my, my world opened up to design and like, I, I found out about, about it. Because up until that point, you know, um, me growing up, I was terrible at drawing. I still am. I never thought that art would be something that I would be into. So yeah, um, only at university I found out about design. And yeah, it was, it was mainly watching films. Yeah. And, and I, I, yeah, it was you... mainly about watching films at that point. When did you come over to England then? Um, 2009, so um, 10 years ago, really. Um, what, what, was it, what decision was that? Why was that? Um, I wanted to, uh, well, at the time in Portugal, there wasn't, the film industry there wasn't very good. And I wanted to pursue a career in the film industry. Um, you know, that was my main um, goal, really. And um, at that time, there weren't that many opportunities or, or, on all the creative industries, actually. And my goal was actually to move to America, to the US, but my best friend moved here. So I kind of like follow, followed him, you know, uh, yeah, of course, you know, uh, I'll go to London as well and see what it's like. And I ended up loving it so much, you know, I, I stayed <laughs> and I never want to leave. <laughs> Are you still friends with him? Uh, yeah, he's still, still my best friend, but he's back in Portugal now. Oh. <laughs> but I stayed. So, so what's it like in, uh, in Portugal now? Is it, is it better for if crazy oh, yes. countries? Yeah, much better. Um, you know, after a while of being here, like the, the film industry completely took off. There's a lot of great filmmakers back in Portugal. And um, the, the design industry has, has actually always been really good in Portugal. I think like we're um, um, a country that is very like design minded um, and we've got great, great designers and architects. So that, that kind of um, um, part of the creative industry has always been quite good in Portugal. And it, it still is, and it's, it's developing, you know, really good, um, I guess, yeah. And the country's more open now to, um, you know, to tourism. Like Lisbon has become like one of the most hippest places to be, really. Um, so yeah, it's it would be great to go back had I not made my life here. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I suppose you're pretty settled now. You. Yeah. <laughs> what was the education like in Portugal, and did they teach you much design at all, or not really? Um, well, my course wasn't. Um, you know, we only had a little bit of design. It was mostly web design, which I, I was not into at all, and, and I'm still not really because I never liked the programming side of it. Um, 
yeah, I'm, I tend to be like more creative than logical or analytical. So, um, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but the, the the university I went to is, it was great. They had a, actually a really good design course there, uh, which was like taught by um, some of the greatest designers in, of the country. So. I wish I'd studied design instead, <laughs> uh, instead of like studying uh, media or communications, what I studied. Um, but yeah, no, no it's, uh, it's too late. I'm not going back. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, I always wonder what people, people's parents think. Because I hear like, a few people going over to different countries and, and, and like, making their own way in a different country. And it's, I find it amazing. Um, but what, what did your parents think and what do your family think about it? Um, well, I, I don't know. I think I've always been a little bit... Um, adventurous so I don't think like my family was surprised I think they were worried at the time for me um, but because you know because I wasn't coming on my own and I had a, a couple of friends here already it wasn't um, too hard you know and I, I had been living um, away from home for six years before I moved here so um, you know it wasn't too much of a, a shock for anybody um, and yeah you know they've been supportive they weren't always supportive when I was younger and was into creative stuff instead of like you know uh, wanting to follow law or medicine, like, you know, that's a big thing in Portugal, or used to be at least when I was growing up. Um, <laughs> parents kind of wanted their child, you know, their children to follow every, everything but the creative industries. Um, but, you know, like my family's fine with it now. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And, and so I guess they, they see, you know, you're doing well, you're doing well, well. When you come over to here, when you come over to England, what did you think? And what was like the biggest culture shock, if anything? Um, well, it, it's, it's hard to say because I, I always felt very, um, um, I always identified more with the culture outside of, you know, with, with English culture and like British culture in general and uh, American culture than I did with my own Portuguese culture. Not anymore because I've grown up, but you know, when I was, when I was a kid, you know, you always want a different world. Mm -hmm. So, um, than what you're living at the moment. So I always um, identified with the countries abroad and like the people abroad. What I saw in the movies really, you know, because I was so into film and television. So it's what I saw in, in film and television. Um, so it wasn't that much of like a cultural shock. I think it, it was more like now being here 10 years, it's lots of literal, little cultural shocks. You know, you always like something stuns you out of nowhere and you don't, uh, Oh, you know, it's because I'm Portuguese and I'm living abroad, you know, <laughs> things don't match. Um, but yeah, there wasn't like one big cultural shock. Like it was all very positive um, being here really and like seeing um, how people are so open and, um, you know, the opportunities that everybody creates for themselves and for others. Like that, that was like the main difference between here and Portugal That's you know, cool. at the time. Yeah, that's awesome. And London's awesome. I, I think it's such a cool city being so diverse. I was talking to uh, a guy from, he runs a page website called uh, Sports, uh, Instagram handle called Sporting Press. And he does loads of illustrations and he moved to New York when he was about 20. Mm. And he was just talking about the differences between cultures. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing living in London. I, I think hearing different people's stories and opinions on it. I love, I like, I like, I like doing that stuff. Um, but yeah, so when you came over to London, what happened with jobs and how did you fund yourself? How did you, you manage to stay alive? Well, that's it. That's how it started, really. Because I wanted to do film, <laughs> but you know, yeah. to do film is very hard. It's a really, really hard industry to get into. And if you don't have money to like start making your own things, um, you know, and if you don't have experience, like you, you kind of like have to, to start working for, for, 
it's kind of like the equivalent to spec work in design, but like you kind of like just work for free in like short, small short films or student films um, in film. It's kind of like the same thing. Um, so you kind of need something to fund yourself, you know, and at the time, the only other thing I knew how to do was design. So that's how I funded myself. I got a job, you know, uh, um, a job in design so I could um, fund my filmmaking um, on the side. Yeah. Nice. What, where was that? What, 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 like just a graphic designer junior or what? what was it? Um, well, it was actually um, uh, doing graphic design for a charity. Um, so I used to do like their, their materials, their brochures, it was mostly prints um, uh, at that time. So yeah, that's, yeah, it was, it was a good, good charity. It was, um, um, they did like sex education in schools, um, especially like around the area, it was in East London and there was like lots of different fights. Um, so they kind of like came in the middle and like established dialogue between like all the kids of different fights and, you know, how open them up to like, you know, um, sexuality and like how to talk. Uh, about sexuality so it was really interesting job really um yeah learned a lot <laughs> yeah yeah cool uh did you, did you get to meet any of the kids and uh, experience it first no 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 i was just in the office i just just uh, doing the, the the brochures and powerpoints and all of that so i remember back like when we did it at school i remember like, it must be quite funny seeing some kids reactions to that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> But yeah, so what, what what happened from there? What what did you do? And did you go straight freelance, or what happened from there? Uh, well, then I kind of like just dedicated most of my life for, uh, to film. Really, you know, right. things started picking up a little bit on film. I went to to take a few courses in filmmaking, met a lot of people, and started doing my own thing and um, aiding in other um, aiding in like assistant directing in other people's short films and feature films. So, um, yeah, I did that for, for a while, for, you know, um, and design was always something I was doing on the site. Like if I had like a freelance project every once in a while, you know, I'll, you know, Nadia knows how to do design. Can you, can you, can you do me this poster for my film or can you, you know, so that, that's kind of like what I, design was something that I, I was doing because I knew how to do and, you know, I was into, but, uh, not as much as film back then. Yeah, and is that switched over now, or is it still very much half and half? Um, well, it's it's you actually, you know, you you're catching me at, at, at an interesting time because I'm actually now thinking of going back to film, which I haven't haven't been uh, since I like six years ago, I believe. Can't really remember, but I, I went like full time design. Like I'm just going to focus on design because the film industry just completely broke my heart of how hard it was, and I I really loved design, so. Um, um, yeah, I just been doing that full time, and now I'm kind of like at a point in my life where I'm thinking of like, oh, but you know that film passion is kind of like still there, and um, you know I, I want to go back and explore it really. Um, so yeah, so it's it's, it's I don't know, it's going to change. Yeah, what, what do you think you'll do though? Because like, do you think you'll do it half and half, or do you think you go straight like fully into the film? I don't know. I don't think I can ever like fully dedicate myself again to one or the other. I think like, uh, you know, um, being a, a designer makes me, I think will make me a better filmmaker and uh, being a filmmaker and being a storyteller, you know, makes me a better designer. So yeah, um, yeah you know, I don't want to like um, uh, focus my identity around one or the other. I just, um, you know, I want to have both and maybe a little bit of something else because that's me, you know. <laughs> okay, lovely, yeah. Uh, do you still make films now? Have you made any films recently? 
No, I haven't. No, none in the in the past like six years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I have been working on a script for like the past ten years on and off. So like that's kind of like what I want to focus on when I go back. Do you mind me asking what it's about and what sort of? Uh, well, the thing is that it's, it has changed so much because <laughs> it's been ten years, Mark. You know. I started yeah. writing. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It's 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 about life in London um, and like getting older and realizing that you're not the person you were supposed to become. Like that's kind of like the main thing. What it has been about, but the details. Um, so let's work on it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's and that's that's sort of about yourself, then, is it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> what have you realized that this? differences since you first came to London in yourself like as a designer as a person how have you grown oh yeah I've, I've grown massively I mean um I think London being such a big city and like there's just so much history and so much happening all the time that I think you know I, I often like um tell people that in my first month in London I lived more than I had like four years of my life because there's just so much happening and like you grow with and you change at such a, a fast um, um, rate that it's you know quite incredible. So yeah, um, yeah you know, uh, yeah, I, I've definitely changed, and I'm always changing. And like all of us are really, uh, we're never the same people. But like in London, like you get an injection of like yeah, you know, <laughs> adrenaline, like to, in order to like change really, really fast. That's because it's just a fast-paced city. Like if you lived in yeah. the countryside, it'd be a lot, it'd be a lot slower, would it? Yeah, I think so, you know, but I've done the countryside when I was a kid and like I've lived in, literally lived in the middle of nowhere. So I, I like big cities and um, yeah, I never want to live in the middle of nowhere again. Maybe one day, but you know. Makes sense, yeah. What's, what do you think the best thing about London is? Uh, the people, like the people you meet. And, really? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's just the openness to the world. You, you feel like, at least I feel like, I'm in the center of the world, like all the time. Like, if something happens, like in London, you know, something exciting, and like it's all, oh, I know where that place is, you know, and I never had that before. When something happened in the world, you know, it was miles and miles away. Um, but yeah, like, um, just you feel like you're in the center of life, you know, things happening. Yeah. Do you go to many creative mornings or, or like uh, design meetups? Uh, I actually don't. I should go to more, but yeah. um, I don't. I don't tend to, uh, mostly because um, I don't know. This might bring your podcast down a little bit, but um, I suffer a lot from anxiety, so it's it's very hard for me. I have to like it's it's a constant battle for me to, um, you know, being able to to do things when I want to do them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unfortunately not. But I should definitely try to go to more. Well, do you mind talking about that? And like, because that's something that will resonate with a lot of people as well. Like, it won't be just you that's, that's got that. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't mind talking about it. I think it's great talking about it. Um, it's just I've always been a very anxious person, and like for the past, um, um, well, I don't know. Actually, I can't remember not having anxiety. Yeah. Um, and like you know, I've I've um, searched treatment for for it. You know, I had CBT a few years back, and it really really helped me. Um, so now it's more manageable. But you know. Um, being a, a designer and like a freelance designer, I think has suited me well because you know if I had to go to, into work every day and like working in an agency, uh, which I have done in the past, uh, it wasn't always easy, you know. Um, 
you have to like for me like one of the main things is you know to get over all the thoughts of things that can go wrong during the day so um yeah it wasn't always easy and um you know being able to to pick my own schedule and like what i do when i do it where i do it um suits suits me well but at the same time you know i'm a, i think i like i've lost a lot of opportunities for having anxiety because i have not been able to say yes to as many things are I would have been able to say I not struggled with anxiety, you know. That's amazing that you come over to London and you've, like, you still experience that, that anxiety, that, that worry that you've got. I mean, for, for my sister's got it. Um, she's got quite bad anxiety. She worries about the smallest things and it's, um, it's, it's, it's hard watching someone go through it. Uh, do you have any advice for people that are going through it and, and how you're battling it? Well, the thing that has, has helped me a lot, you know, apart from like doing, um, um, seeking help from, from the NHS and going through, through um, CBT, um, the other things that really helped me is just like focus on things that I can control and, um, and not focus on things that I can't control really, you know, because that's, that's, that's the massive, um, the, the, the biggest difficulty really that you're thinking about all these things that can go wrong. It's like you have no control about them whatsoever. So, you know, just stop worrying about everything that you don't have control um is very difficult to do obviously you know that's that's yeah. a struggle um but yeah that that would be my best advice yeah that's yeah it's hard to not worry about stuff like that um even normal and even uh, even just just everyday life you're worrying about uh, picking picking up your friend from know, from the gym or, or meeting people on time and and it just all gets on top of you sometimes uh, but yeah. we've how is it how is it living with that sort of stuff and, and does it affect work at all or is it is it just oh yes it does it affects work a lot more yeah um you know there's just some days when i can't bring myself to do anything and it's it's it's, it's really tough uh, but you know i'm working through it it's, it's 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 i think like the worst hopefully the worst is behind me you know i'm bad i'm like now actively fighting my anxiety and like no you know if my mind's telling me something it's like no you know I, i'm still gonna do it um yeah <laughs> i didn't realize that yeah well is there anything we can like, design community or i could do to help at all um well no i think you know um there's got to be lots and lots of people who suffer there's lots of people who suffer with anxiety and i'm sure like lots of designers do as well um i don't know uh, you know there might be something for the future that um we could like think up of like doing something to help uh, you know others um that are in the same situation you know yeah. that's also like what design is about and like why i'm so interested in it in it is that you know you can focus on one side of design which is just like all about like corporate and co big corporations and um uh, you know making money basically you know they're connected yeah. to like the um, um more corporate side of you know advertising all of that like those big industries but then there's the other side of you know design changing like lives and um you know finding solutions to problems in the world you know so, you know, that interests me massively. So, yeah, you know, maybe there's something that, like, in the future we can do um, about mental illness. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I was speaking to Lance Wyman about, or and David Millman about the, uh, the fact that design isn't just this thing, like, like you say, just for corporate. It's not just for that. It's for this massive, you know, it's, it's for change. It, it can impact so many people. And even if you look at the Donald Trump hat, you know, the, the Make America Great Again red hat that's been designed to be read and, and to have that little slogan on and it's still it's made such an impact and it can impact it can, it can make people feel different things and 
it's yeah it's really really powerful yeah i mean look at brexit right like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like just you when you think about it you know it it was just branding you know both sides you know they they just um (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe we won't go into that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what's going to happen with it it's all a bit of a a worry at the moment um but yeah yeah it's but even for, for things like black lives matter or even gay pride or just the way that things are branded these days and 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 people create campaigns and billboards out there they're all creating i think there's a bit of a thing like when, when we leave school we all get lose a bit of creativity but it gets pushed out of people um when they get into jobs and in different situations but they're not being as creative as they were as a kid like things like that when people are creating their own banners and, and making things and it's it's amazing it's amazing to see what people come up with and they, they sort of bring that spirit and energy that they've got around the the events of say gay pride for example or or black lives matter or these these big worldwide things that are, are going to have an impact on thousands of people and then mm. people are creating banners and, and doing design off their own back and creating things to show their support for it is it's, yeah it's the more that people do it i think you know the closer we're going to get to change and uh, again i was talking to the, the sporting press guy about um racism in football and it and that's like a huge problem and mm. I'm a big football fan and it's is yeah it's really sad to see and uh, we've got no idea really how to change it because it's, it's bigger than football itself so we can't just kick out of the sport because it's a bigger national thing and it's it's a real real worry yeah. and i don't know how designers combat these social issues i don't know how i don't know how yeah i mean i think like branding definitely helps with that you know like rebranding um things on a massive scale like you know if you, you know uh there's definitely something that we can do as like as designers like you know i think collectively all of us together um, yeah. um could come up with like great solutions of like um like that um but like definitely not like individually you know they're, they're big issues and they need a lot of people to tackle them um over time as well you know uh, but I think like that. I think not only like we could as as we should, you know, collectively like the design industry. Yeah, actually, this is a good example. So I bought these recently. Uh, this Lance Wyman did a thing with Puma, and they and for. Um, it's wicked. <laughs> yeah, for power, power, free peace. It's called the the campaign it did, and it's all to do with the Olympics, the Mexico Olympics, and the fists the two black guys did, um, to to basically. I can't. I don't know. My my history is not great, but uh, sort of st- take a stand for for black uh, mm-hmm. lives and black people, and, and it was it's really powerful. The fact that he combined that with his uh, peace stuff, um, and the Mexico um, Olympics, the the branding on that as well. It's got the, the the radiated lines as well, so it's all kind of combined in that in that symbol and that shoe, and it's uh, it's something I wear proudly. But um, when I tell people about the story behind it, it's fantastic, and yeah. Uh, that's just one example uh, teaming up with big brands and i think more big brands that do it as well that because that's that's fantastic and yeah and like you can get it really right like you know like the example you're giving or like you know benetton used to in the 90s like i think they got it really right like having a, 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 an example of like a, a corporation like or a brand you know um coming into to um the public sphere and like you know the social sphere and like doing something that uh, you know actually has an actual impact um mm. on our um uh, politics change and then you got like the other side which is like you know Gillette which seems to have gone completely wrong and you know 
think like people are also tired of like being lectured by brands that are just trying to sell you things and like where's the balance you know and like designers are kind of in the middle because designers and you know marketing people and uh, we're all in the middle because you know we are supposed to convey the message and but then we're you know we're working to make things better but at the same time we're also working for these companies who just you know at the end of the day just want to be able to, to continue to exist and make profits so yeah it's a lot of responsibility on 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 on, on uh, you know the, the as collectively as as designers i think and yeah. maybe we can help both ways you know we can help corporations see what's um what's the right thing to do and how to read the world better you know so things like the gillette thing doesn't happen but um yeah i don't know i hope i hope we do yeah, I mean, conversations like this, it's, it's getting there, isn't it? It's small, small <laughs> steps. Um, but I had a, I just thought of something, I've lost it now. Anyway, it'll probably come back to me. Um, but yeah, so, so you're, you're freelancing and, and how, how's it going? What's, what's been a struggle, if anything? Um, how are you getting clients and all the business side of it? Well, yeah, that's what I struggle with most. And I think like maybe a, a lot of people do. It's, it's the business side of it. You know, it's, it's the business. You know, I'm not a business person. I'm actually really bad at business. Um, you know, uh, yeah, so that, that's, my, that's always my biggest struggle, you know, um, trying to find clients, trying to maintain them with like the, the, the selling myself, you know, but that I'm, I'm not good at it. And, and, and you know, um, it, a lot of times has made me want to quit design because that comes attached to it with me. You know, if I was working for an agency, maybe that wouldn't have been such a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, as, as, as a freelance designer, like that, that's a huge, being as, as good as a designer, as a business person is equally important. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my biggest struggle. It always has been really. And do people come to you through uh, your website, through uh, Instagram, Dribble, or uh, what's your biggest income? For yeah, it, it, Instagram and Dribble, definitely. It's, it's where I get, get most um, leads from. I, th- I think when they come to you, they're looking for that specific style that you do, that very clean, uh, simple line style that you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually it's because I've done something similar to what they're looking for. Yeah. And how did that develop? Like, because now you're starting to use a bit more color, and well, from what I've seen anyway. Yeah. I'm just to- always experimenting, really. Yeah. You know, I'm always, um, I'm not, my, my taste changes a lot. So um, I'm always experimenting, you know, and I like, um, I like seeing trends, not particularly like to, to do things that are trendy, but um, I like kind of like predicting trends, uh, nice. just, for, just for fun, you know, like not, not that I do it in my own work. Because, um, um, yeah, but I'm always trying to experiment, you know, like mainly because I get just bored with what I'm doing at the moment. So I just always want to like, the next thing and, and the stuff you put out there is that always stuff you want to you want to do or is there stuff behind the scenes that you're not showing people or what? oh yeah no there's lots of things that i don't show yeah. um you know a lot of like client work i don't um happen to share um with people just you know because um you you kind of try you're right you know you try to put out the things of like the work you want to do again you know, yeah. and like, you know, although I've had like brilliant clients um, all throughout uh, this time that I've been freelancing, you know, sometimes the project doesn't, you're not happy with, with the results and you want to like, you want it to have been better. So like sometimes, you know, I'm not too proud of, I shouldn't have be like this really. I should share everything, but you know, sometimes I just can't help it. 
big agencies don't do it though, do they? They they only share the good stuff, the exciting stuff. Yeah. It <laughs> so it's it's fair enough for freelancers to do it as well. Um, but I, I know we we talked about that a little bit before the podcast, and I do want to touch on it a little bit. The, the OK cult or the occult, how we pronounce it. Um, we joining forces with other freelancers. How how important is that going to be for you going forward? Oh yeah, it is. You know, when when um, Adam was uh, um, the um, the mind behind um, uh, this project um, contacted me, I was like instantly like very very attracted to it because um, you know it helps someone like me who's not very business focused and more creative being you know having someone else that is more bus- probably business focused and not um, than than I am. Yes. So, you know, it's it's great for like designers to be able to to work together like that, you know, instead of like the, the setup um, of an agency where you have a hierarchy. Um, here you got something that, you know, everybody is more equal and um, we can help each other, you know, without, um, uh, you know, all the fuss that goes into like agency life, really. Yeah, I think this is something I want to do with Blue Deer as well is, is make this this collect this network of people and um like you say help each other out i think that's that's probably what design is all about really like helping each other out making impacts like we talked about on social and things and and uh businesses and people's lives just making people feel something that's like that's that saying designs has to make people feel uh but yeah i think that's that's, that's looking for that's going to be good um i'm going to keep an eye on it because that's something that i want to do so have you, have you heard of ghostly ferns sorry have you heard of ghostly ferns Ghostly friends. Yeah. Okay. That no, is... no, no, no. <laughs> so, but what is it? They're a bit like what you're going to do. Um, it's basically a collective of, I think it's five designers, five creatives, and um, mm. they're female-led. Uh, they've got one bloke, and yeah, it's they're doing it really well. They're all freelancers. They're all working for themselves, and it's like a network. They all do different things. Um, right. They all work from their own own free time, and they work whenever they want to. Um, but yeah, I think I thought you might have heard of it. But oh, uh, I have to check it out. I probably have, but I, I, yeah, I'll check yeah. it out. I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's a really cool, um, really cool network of people that are really creative and and help each other out. I think it's it's a great business model going forward. Um, probably, I, I'm guessing we'll probably see some more people do that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, I think it's the future. Also, because you know, agencies, um, not all of them, but you know, a lot of agencies have um, seem to have. Um, you know, be hiring like more um, remote people than like in house, and um, it's definitely like the way the world is going. And I think it's to be honest, like you know, not, I'm not just saying that like because it works for me because you know of my anxiety and like you know all the the the, the things I also want to do in my spare time. And um, but I think it works for everybody really. You know, in the long um, in the long run, because you know, um, if you're working here with someone that is on the other side of the world. Surely, you know, you can work with anybody. So two people that wouldn't have worked together before, now they can. And two, you know, say two, but, you know, you say ten, and we all spread across the world, and you're doing something that for all of you and, and you know, for, for the people out there, and you're joining forces. And I think it's great. I mean, um, yeah, this type of, like, collectives and, like, joining forces to, to do something with um, people who might be really far away from you, um, yeah, I think it might be. It is definitely like the way the design industry is going, and I think it's great. 
Yeah, I think the, the fact that people aren't doing the nine to five anymore and they're slowly getting away from it a couple of generations time, I think these more freelancers than people working nine to five jobs, maybe that could be exciting. I mean, yeah. it's just that creative power that you get from, from working for yourself and uh, on your own time. And I think it'd be more productive if I'm honest, because when I went for the studio job, the agency job, uh, you know, you were forced to do things. You, you had to, you pushed projects on on you so you had to do this project had to be done by this time and you didn't have any idea you, wow. it's not your project really you had to do it there was no creative freedom you couldn't move around and you got a director over the over your shoulder telling you what to do so it's if you've got this this working for yourself and, and other networks people feeding off of you i think it's um it's gonna be a better way, way of work. Yeah, it makes you all, you know, obviously it's always good to have like someone who oversees the project, like a creative director, but I can, you know, working to, 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 together um, uh, with other designers and not having as much of as in hierarchy just makes all of your creative directors, you know, I think, you know, might be wrong. Um, and like, uh, yeah, so yeah, I think it's, it's very freeing. Yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest draw for me would be that if a client in America was working with one of the American people on the group and they needed a website and they had the website sorted over in America and then they also needed a logo, but you, you're the person that did the logos and you were in London, they could just contact you. Like the, the website designer would pass you their details because you're on the same network. You'll know each other. Um, so yeah, doing the work that you really want to do. That's my, my, my goal is just, just to do the work I want to do. Yeah. And it's more, you know, I think it works really well. Also like for agencies, there are hiring people remotely yeah. um, uh, and on a freelance basis. Like I, you know, even though like some people might be of the, the opinion that it's destroying the industry because like, you know, people are losing security in their jobs, which is, you know, also true and something to, be, to, to maybe worry about. But at the same time, you know, if I'm working freelance, um, um, I don't, I, I can pick my own time. And it doesn't mean that I, for all the time that I'm working on that project, that I don't have to be sitting in an agency looking at a computer. And you know, I can go outside for inspiration. I can seek references um, in, that I wouldn't have had access to um, being in, in an agency. And I think maybe work might benefit from it, being a little bit more you know, free, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. I think that I think having more creative, having more freedom would be make you more creative. Um, yeah, and working at the times you feel creative as well. That's why I think freelancers do so well because you're working at the times that you want to. You feel that you have to. Because if you're in an agency, you, you're being pushed to do it. You've you've been squeezed of all the creative juices, like yeah. which works for for some people. You know, like it's just I guess it also depends like on the way you work. You know. Uh, it works really well for some people. Some people work better under pressure, you know, like with deadlines and all of that. Like, you know, they put out their best work like that. Um, but yeah, you know, not everybody. So, you know, I guess it's good to have both and have a choice. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, because people turn it off and they, they, they go to work, turn it off after and uh, with their family. So, so like a switch, like being creative after a certain time. Um, okay, so what's your, your best advice to creatives? Uh, well, to always be curious. Like, because cause that's the thing that has helped me the most. It's to know a little bit about everything. Um, so it, like with design, like it really, really helps you to know a little bit about everything, especially, you know, because I do branding. Um, if, if a client comes to me and I already know that little bit about their industry, because I've seen a TV show five years ago that I really liked about it, you know, um, it already helps you um, be one step ahead. Um, and, you know, just be curious and like always um, continue to learn and continue to experiment. It doesn't always go right, like with my experimenting at all. 
Um, but I think it's important to just continue because you never know, one day my work might come across something that is, um, is absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, just um, be curious and um, you know, continue to experiment and never be like fully satisfied with your work because I don't think that kind of like stops you from uh, evolving. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and also, try, I, I want to add something like based around you. Add the uh, try the, try different things as well. Like obviously, the filmmaking. Try try different creative avenues, not just design. So that's that's a really good thing. If you maybe if you're a hand lettering, maybe go down the digital route. Maybe if you're a digital, go down hand lettering or try that as a hobby or or a sketch more or you know whatever it is. Yeah, I think there's two sides to that because um, you know um, I think um, people. Um, when you focus on one thing and you dedicate your entire life on just that one thing and you're becoming the best, I think like that, that's so amazing for, to me. I would love to be like that because you just, you know, you're perfecting one art your entire life. So I love that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I'm the opposite, <laughs> I'm the opposite way. And, um, you know, I, I guess it works as well, you know, to just to, to, to be interested in different things and put your, um, you know, hands on as much as you can, learn from everything, you know, yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, two sides to it. Again, it comes down to that sort of knowing yourself and knowing what is best for you, isn't it? Yeah, and like the world today, you know, the world, uh, the, the way things are, you know, um, I think they call it the slashies, right? Like the people who just do a lot of stuff because it's um, this slash that. Uh, so um, the world is kind of like needing those those people because you know you see you, you apply for like jobs and they're like they, they need someone who can do web design and app design product design 3d you know mm. filmmaking and you, you need all these different things and you're like nobody can know everything but some people do have a lot of like different um, things so so they I think they're doing well in, in the world today uh, but at the same time like I, I'm still really um, um, fascinated by someone who can dedicate their entire lives to like one thing and like one craft and just perfecting it like yeah <laughs> yeah it's interesting to see if, if those are the people that go really far or they're the people that go further down that line because you, you are only focused on one thing It'd be interesting if there's a study out there if, if like LeBron James or if all these big sports stars are more famous or, or just more wealth I don't know that's a bad judge of it's a bad judge of it, really. Wealth, um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. It'd be just as long as you know, it's, it's like yeah, if you measure it by happiness, I think like you know, it's yeah. like whoever feels more content doing one or the other, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. As long as we're all putting like out the, the best work we can, it doesn't matter if like we spent like the, our entire lives on it at the end of the day, or if we just spent five minutes, really. You know. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, what was your best purchase under a hundred pounds? Under a hundred pounds. Um, I don't remember how much my, my graphics tablet has cost. Um, it might have been more than that, but like that's definitely my best purchase because it just helps me work so much faster. Um, I don't know if, yeah, it might have been more a graphics than that. tablet person rather than a, rather than a mouse? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how come? I'm either like touchpad or um, graphics tablet. Okay, how come that's quick? How come, how come you've, you've done that? Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I never. I never quite quite got on with with the mouse. So um, it just helps me. You know, just yeah, it just works for me. I don't know. Yeah. Is it more precision? Like, do you get do you get closer to the to the actual pixel that you're clicking on, or like, is there anything? Um, 
I don't know if it is, but it definitely gives you the impression that it is. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Because uh, you're like pressing like the, the, the pen, you know, and it feels, yeah, <laughs> it feels like it is. Might not be. What tablet have you got? What um, graphics tablet? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's an old Cintiq one. I don't even like know what it is. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, how do you want to be remembered is my last question. Oh, that's really tough, Mark. This, is, this makes me sad. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, the, the one thing that I'd like to, to, to be remembered for is just making an impact in the world. And like you can be um, as, as small as like, you know, someone just viewing the world different for a little bit. You know, that's why I wanted to be a filmmaker because of like the impact you have in someone's life, even if it's just like for that one bit that someone's watching the film. Um, and it kind of kind of stayed with me. Yeah. Just like to be remembered by making like the smallest difference, you know. That's awesome. That's lovely. Yeah. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me. Uh, where can people find you in, on social media and say hello and follow your accounts? Uh, well, um, Instagram and Pinterest um, and um, and just usually search Nadia Castro and I show up. It's like Nadia Castro UK. Uh, but yeah, mostly Instagram and Dribble, um, Pinterest. I'm on Tumblr as well, but I don't think to use it much. Um, yeah. One thing we didn't talk about, which we should have done, uh, is uh, Logo Standard. Logo Standard, what's that all about? Oh, it's because, you know, I really like other people's work and I'm always just like so fascinated by what everyone else is doing. Um, so it kind of like started, you know, I'm spotting these trends and I kind of like, you know, I want to um, um, see what, uh, you know, I just, I just love looking at, at, at logo design. And, you know, I can spend hours and hours doing it. So I thought, you know, a lot of, there's so many people collecting. Why don't I make my own personal collection of like what I think is best out there? But, you know, I haven't dedicated as much time to it as I thought I would. Uh, but maybe, you know, I'll pick it up um, soon again. That sounds good. Like logo standard on Instagram. Um, for people listening. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Awful podcast. Really appreciate your listening time uh, on this episode. We talked about a lot of important issues. Um, just trying to spread that message and, and really get people in the industry talking about how we can use the power of design, use this community that we have and combat some of these bigger issues. Please do let me know your thoughts on this podcast on social media at Creative Waffle or leave them down in the YouTube comments below. This week's listener of the week is Dave Clayton. He's someone that's helped me a lot uh, and listens to this podcast. So I really appreciate it. He's actually on it a couple of weeks ago. So I really appreciate Dave and, and he's just, just helped me loads. So listener of the week, Dave Clayton. Um, thank you very much for, for listening and all the support. Uh, have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.